Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Monday and welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I'm Anthony Tochi. We got DJ Jacob Franklin behind the Mac today. It's move on Monday, okay? Because the 2023 college football season is over for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Obviously, the season didn't necessarily go the way that ASU fans and probably a lot of this team wanted it to go but that doesn't mean that there weren't some guys that stood out throughout the season so we are definitely going to get into some awards as the show goes on for offensive players and for defensive players we're going to get into our Pac-12 power rankings ahead of bowl season and ahead of the Pac-12 title game between the Oregon Ducks and Washington Huskies but before we do all of that we're going to have a little season recap Okay, just to, to tell you where this journey started and kind of the way that it all went down. Before we do that, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on audio, go ahead, give us a five-star review. Let us know what you like about this podcast. Jacob, before we get into anything related to Arizona State football, shout out Arizona State women's volleyball, a number five seed in the NCAA tournament. They're going to be taking on Georgia on Friday, so definitely stay locked in there. ASU hockey split with number nine Providence over the weekend, uh, so ASU moving up to number twelve in the polls. Jacob, there we go, there we go. Give some love to ASU volleyball, ASU hockey. I'm curious how your your weekend was, Jacob. You know, my weekend wasn't awful. Wasn't awful. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw you on Saturday. Yeah, um, that, that's I mean, always that's, a plus. That's, that's, that's a great thing, a plus. right? Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, we, we we drived it up before the game a little bit. Yeah, when there was still optimism. Yeah, hope there was hope right before Until, kickoff. I mean, well, no, 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 there was hope right after the first touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damon came into the office this morning and he asked me, he's like, "So, what was your favorite part of Saturday?" And Damon, for everybody that doesn't know, is a big Wildcats guy, big Wildcats guy. And I looked at him, and with the straightest face I've ever said in my entire life, uh, the final whistle. The final whistle was my favorite part of that game because it was over. Then the game was done. No, actually, so so this is really interesting, and like I'm sure there's some U of A people listening to this. I was tweeting this out too on on Saturday. To me, it felt like if I was an Arizona fan, I would have been pissed about that like pseudo like the 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 last couple touchdowns the that they gave up. Yeah, like. I realize, like, they probably took their foot off the gas. But, like, but I don't think they did. But that's why I would have been pissed. Like, the, well, they, they started, no, they did offensively because they started running the football. It doesn't matter. No, Fafita was still in the game. They had sure. all their starters still sure. in the game. but they're running the football. Yeah, correct? they were running the football. So you're, you're running the timeout. I, yeah, but all week, don't sit here. Don't sit here, <laughs> Jed Fish, all week long and tell me that the 70-7 to billboard is our inspiration and motivation for this game and then take your foot off the gas. Correct. So so I thought, like, my favorite part of Saturday was just I thought it was funny that, like, 
we got told all week that it was just and it was that we got slaughtered but like and i i tweeted this out i said i expect to take a beating today yeah the fact that they might get 30 plus points in a game where they were expected to take a beating and did take a beating is quite laughable and i i took some pleasure in that because like i was texting mike on the side and mike luke was just our resident wildcats guy was pissed at U of A for taking their foot off the gas. He wanted Good. he wanted ninety. Good. He well, they were livid. on pace for it. They were on pace to absolutely annihilate Arizona State. And look, thirty six points is not great, right? To lose by thirty six points is not something that you ever want to do. But from an Arizona Wildcats um, chair, I would say in this entire argument, yeah, there there's definitely I don't want to say room for concern because uh, there's not. But I'd be a little bit irritated. And I don't think they took their foot off the gas, to be totally honest with you. You don't keep your starters in there when you're up 36 points or however many points you're up. Uh, and, and then at the end of the day, use that as some sort of excuse to say, oh, we started running the football, though. We took our foot off the gas. Like, nah, I've been hearing for how long now that you wanted to run up the score? And you did in the first half. But at the end of the day, it wasn't 70 to 7. So don't sit here and try and say that they were. Um, or that it was going to be 70-7, to because this ASU team, and I heard it on my way out of the stadium, this ASU team this season is far better than that U of A team that got 70 hung on their head. Okay, so like we're not even trying to compare these two teams. Um, But while we talk about the 2023 Territorial Cup and the way that that ended, it was obviously the period at the end of the 2023 season. So how did this whole thing kind of get started, right? Well, take you back to November 27th, 2022, the day that Kenny Dillingham was named the 26th head coach in program history, right? That's technically, I guess, for ASU fans when all eyes began to turn to the future, to the 2023 season, and it was nothing but pure optimism, right? You had a guy who's known for, you know, his love for the state of Arizona, his passion for Arizona State. He was at one point a GA here. You'd seen his success at Memphis, at Auburn, at Florida State. And then obviously, recently, prior to Arizona State, you saw what he was able to accomplish with Bo Nix in Oregon. That, I think, was really the start of the 2023 season for a lot of Arizona State fans. And then right after that, right, you get that initial that initial opening press conference. You get the hype. You get the hashtag activate the valley. And everybody begins to look forward to the spring game. The spring game obviously being the first time that Arizona State fans outside of media get the opportunity to go ahead and watch ASU football at Sun Devil Stadium with all of the new players, with all of the new coaching staff. And... They get to watch it with all of the hype. So the spring goes on. The transfer portal swings. Jaden Rashada eventually commits to Arizona State after the whole debacle uh, with his his NIL situation with Florida. And you have, again, you have the hype train, right? You have Kenny Dillingham. You've got Xavier Guillory, Clayton Smith, Prince Dorba, guys going off during the, the spring practices. And there's the idea that, okay, this team, this team could be something this season, right? You, you've got all of these mix and match pieces from all across the nation. Arizona State transfer portal rankings among some of the best in the nation. Again, the Jaden Rashada commitment, a former five-star quarterback, all eyes in Tempe turning to the future, the hype, and all the fun. Then it got quiet. Then it got quiet over the summer, and everybody kind of took their foot off the gas. They turned their attention to other things with Arizona State, and rightfully so. And then fall camp hits. Fall camp hits, and the hype 
builds right back up again with some of the skill guys. Elijah Badger, Jalen Conyers, Cam Scadaboo, DeCarlos Brooks defensively. Guys like Ro Torrance, Jordan Clark, Trey Brown, right? B.J. Green. And then the quarterback competition. The quarterback competition in the fall was an interesting point. Looking back at it now with the season having been wrapped up. Drew Pine, the Notre Dame transfer, a guy that I'd covered in the past. And again, I, I would say he's a little bit more of an athletic. Trenton Borgay, then you had Trenton Borgay, the Arizona kid. Yeah, it was the whole story last season, throwing for 350, 400 yards every single game and wins or losses. It didn't really matter. And then you got the young buck. You got Jaden Rashada, the former five-star recruit who ended up committing to Arizona State. The weeks go on in fall camp. Jaden Rashada officially named the starter. To a lot of people, that was a surprise. But when you got to week one against Southern Utah, and you had that first half, and you saw what Jaden Rashada was capable of, that bomb of a touchdown to Xavier Guillory on fourth down with a phenomenal touchdown celebration. I think after that first half, everybody... That yes, it was a close, closer first half than I think a lot of fans would have maybe liked. But there was, I think, amongst ASU fans, the idea of like, okay, man, this is like, there was all the hype dating back to November 27. And they're like, this could be real. This, this legit could be real. And then, Jacob, if you remember, there was the haboob, the great storm of 2023 in August or early September. That ultimately delayed the game for hours. Didn't know if the game was going to be postponed, if it was going to be canceled, whatever was going to happen. And eventually, second half starts. Southern Utah begins to march their way back into this game. And at the end of it, Arizona State would come out on top 24 to 21. And the hype would calm down a little bit. The hype around Arizona State football, Kenny Dillingham, the offense specifically, I don't want to say it would sputter, but it would definitely turn down the volume just a tad. And then you get to Oak State. And ASU having to play against three quarterbacks, unable to come out on top. Then the following week, you get Fresno State, one of the worst losses for Arizona State in the last two seasons. The quarterback situation is... Ranning rump rampant because you, you, you don't have Jane Rashada as the starter right now. Jacob Conover's getting reps. Drew Pine's getting reps. Trenton Borgay's getting reps. Everybody's getting hurt. Everybody's turning the football over. You're sitting there at one and two, and you're starting to panic a little bit in non-conference play. Because now you know, how do you open conference play? You open conference play against Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans, who at that point in the season were a threat. They're an AP top 25 team, and everybody is, uh-oh, we got to go take on Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, and one hell of an offense. And ultimately, Arizona State managed to keep it seriously competitive with the Trojans up until the fourth quarter when Caleb Williams and that offense did exactly what Caleb Williams and that offense do. Now, you're sitting there, one and three. You got losses to SC, Fresno State, in Oak State. And you're like, okay, now we've got Cal. Now we've got a program known to be on the up and up, but not necessarily a program that if you're an Arizona State fan, you should be worried about. So you get to that game, a day game, Arizona State, Cal going back and forth the entire game until you get to the fourth quarter, a late drive. Cal's running back, I believe it was a seven or eight minute drive 
to ultimately put the Sun Devils away. Arizona State would have a chance. They'd stop Cal, and they'd have a chance to go the entire length of the field and try and score to win the game. They wouldn't be able to do it. Now you're one and four. All hope of a potential turnaround of a season is in question. You don't know where your quarterback is going to be here in the next couple of weeks. Your offensive line is banged up. Defensive players are dropping like flies. Everybody's questioning the strength and conditioning staff. Yet this team finds a way to bounce back against Colorado, right? Deion coach Prime Sanders coming to town. And you have all the hype around the buffs at that point, taking a beating from Oregon, I believe, the week before. And these two teams going back and forth for the entirety of the game. ASU's defense looking like a bunch of bullies out there against that Colorado offensive line. And the week before, Arizona State unable to drive the length of the field against Cal. To close the game against Colorado, Arizona State drives the length of the field. They score. About a minute left in the game. Colorado gets the ball back. Shador Sanders makes a highlight reel throw. Uh, a lapse in coverage defensively. Colorado goes the length of the field to score a touchdown. Ultimately, uh, win that game or not score a touchdown set their field goal kicker up um, for a field goal that would ultimately give the buffs the win arizona state fans heartbroken over the loss myself heartbroken because then i have to hear from all the colorado fans in my ear about how asu lost to deon coach surpri- Sanders. you surprised me and i think you're going to surprise a lot of people later yeah 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 it was uh it, it was a tough three-game stretch for not only the team but for the players and then finding a way to have some sort of resiliency and take on a top five team in the nation in the Washington Huskies the week after. And I don't think there was anybody that expected that Arizona State-Washington game to go the way that it did. But for me, that was the game that you learned a lot about this coaching staff. You learned a lot about the locker room, right? Because you got players against one of the best offenses in the nation, a top two offense at that point, a Heisman candidate in Michael Penix Jr. against a defense that's been beat up all season long, unable to find a way to get takeaways against an ASU offense that's stagnant. And ASU's defense held Washington without an offensive touchdown the entire game. It says a lot about Brian Ward and this defense and those players Horsing several first-half takeaways, making it a game the entire way. Arizona State's offense just unable to really get clicking, and then the Trenton Borgay pick six to really put the game out of reach for Arizona State down the stretch. Now, again, it was a loss. didn't necessarily feel like a loss. It felt like a, a way up, right? It felt like a bright spot in the season, and it was because the following week, Arizona State took it to the Washington State Cougars, right? Now, that's a Washington State team with Cam Ward that had one of the best aerial attacks again not only in the nation, but in the conference. Arizona State did what they needed to do to pick up their second win of the season, the first Pac-12 win of Kenny Dillingham's tenure at Arizona State. A lot of hype, right? You're like, okay, maybe this team can stand a chance against Utah. You obviously go to Salt Lake City. You get the brakes beat off you by a, a good Utah team. Maybe not good enough to beat you that bad, but that's exactly what Kyle Whittingham and this coaching staff in Utah are known to do. So you see the juxtaposition between that win over the Cougars and then that loss against Utah. You're like, okay, we're in the right direction, but this is still how far we have to go. So Arizona State, the following week, getting ready to take on the UCLA Bruins, a team that is known for its pass rush, its defense, its monsters 
in the front seven. And Kenny Dillingham sitting there on a Tuesday trying to figure out how they can neutralize this pass rush. Marvin, Marvin Lewis has the, the great idea with the swinging gate. So they go ahead, they install the swinging gate throughout the week, and Arizona State embarrasses the UCLA Bruins. Chip Kelly, rumors of him being canned at the end of the season after a loss like that, and Arizona State fans ready to take on Bama after a 10-point victory at the Rose Bowl. Arizona State then winners two of their last three in conference. Again, you are on the up and up. And then Oregon happens. And I don't think there's anybody sitting here or watching or listening after the season being like, you know what, if we have this guy, if we have this guy, if we have this guy, we beat Oregon. No, because you know when Washington State happened and then Utah happened and we saw the juxtaposition and we saw the room for growth, there's that level times 10 if you want to be where Oregon is at, right? So again, I don't think there was a lot of people that lost sleep over that Oregon game. And then you get to Arizona, the Territorial Cup game, which we started this entire conversation about. You have two programs trying to build something. One, a little bit further behind with a new staff. Jed Fish, a few years ahead. The game went as expected, right? Arizona took care of business. A program on the up and up. Arizona State beaten down by injuries. Offense didn't necessarily look as good as maybe you would have hoped for it to after that first possession of the game where Jalen Conyers looked, did his best Lamar Jackson impression for the entire First drive, right? But that right there, that was the 2023 season. It started November 27th, 2022. And here we are, a full 365 days later, November 27th, 2023. So how did it go? Was it a success? Are you happy looking forward to the future? Is this the right staff? I think so. I think this is the right staff. I still got belief in Kenny Dillingham. I still got belief in Brian Ward, Coach Samp, BC, and the players. How many players can come back? Jalen Conyers can come back. Elijah Badger can come back. Cam Scadaboo can come back. Clayton Smith can come back. BJ Green can come back. Jordan Clark can come back. Jane Rashada, obviously, can come back. Xavier Guillory can come back. Jake Smith next year, who didn't play, can be on this team. Xavier Alford, who was pegged to start at safety for this team. He could play next season, right? Now, you're obviously losing some pieces, okay? Trey Brown, Roe Torrance, Chris Edmonds. You're losing some solid players. But when you lose these players, what was the first thing we talked about after Kenny Dillingham was named the head coach? The transfer portal, the recruits, the fun, right? Had one of the best incoming transfer classes in recent history for Arizona State. And that's because of the hype, right? Now, like I said, we sit here 365 days later, and I'm not saying the hype is gone. I'm saying the hype is here more now than ever. Why? Because look at it. The bull ban is over. It's behind us. Arizona State, unless something crazy happens, should be able to compete for a bowl game next season, right? What, what's the NCAA going to hand down now? A few scholarship losses here or there? That's not really going to hurt this team too much, Okay. You've got some guys now, Keith Abney, Montana Warren, some promising young bucks in the secondary next year. And now the portal is getting ready to open. It's all hands on deck, okay? It's free agency in college football. So the hype starts again. November 27, 2023. This is when the 2024 season 
officially starts for Arizona State. Okay, now we're going to go ahead. We're going to get into some of these awards for the offense and the defense for this 2023 season. But I want you to remember this last 20 minutes that we just had here where I told you and we walked through the entire season for Arizona State. You remember the highs, you remember the lows, the uncertainty, the storm, the Jaden Rashada, the transfer portal, all of it. Because that's what college football is, right? You have an entire 365 days now. And we'll have the same conversation at the end of it. But who knows? Maybe Arizona State's competing for a bowl game. Maybe Jaden Rashad is in the Heisman conversation. Who knows? You never know what could happen this, this season. You, it could be next week. Some of these players that I just listed could transfer. They could enter the NFL draft. You never know. But that's why you're a sports fan, right? For the unknown, the parody, the fun. And we're going to continue having fun right here on the PHNX Sun Devil Show. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Circle K. It's how I start my day every single day. I stop before my 30-minute drive to work. I head into a Circle K, not even if I need gas, but just to pick up some snacks, pick up an energy drink to start my day to get me juiced. That's what Circle K does. They're going to get you guys juiced for your week. And they've got a new free membership program that's going to be saving you guys money every single day the same way that it saves me money. Save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. Save three cents per gallon every single day day and get every sixth free on a selection of circle k products we're talking pizza coffee ice cold fountain drinks and more go ahead and join inner circle for free by downloading that circle k app today terms and conditions apply at participating locations visit circlek.com for details dennis in the chat i'm getting in a little late but is there any word on a new ad it seems critical at this point we'll get into that here in a second first holiday scratchers guys i told you about circle k now I'm here to tell you about Arizona Lottery. Holiday Scratchers from AZ Lottery make last-minute shopping easy and they make a perfect gift. Do you have anybody in your life like I do that is quite simply impossible to shop for? You just don't know what they want or they tell you, no gifts this year, right? We, I have it all. I have it all. Bullshit. We're going to get you some Holiday Scratchers because who doesn't want a chance at some money, right? There are Scratchers for everybody on your holiday list and scratchers start at just one dollar with the chance to win a top prize up to half a million dollars that sounds like one hell of a holiday gift for me go out and buy your holiday scratchers today dennis uh in, in terms of the athletic director position at this point i would say that all hands on deck for that search now that the football season has officially wrapped up obviously basketball is in full swing, hockey, volleyball, etc. Over the next couple of weeks, I would imagine more names are being tossed out. We did do a show, I believe, last week in terms of potential candidates. I would go ahead, take a listen back to that episode for the three names that we listed as potential targets for Arizona State, including the San Diego State uh, Athletic Director, the UConn Athletic Director, and then the Washington State Athletic Director as well, but getting back to Arizona State football, getting to some of those 2023 awards. Jacob, let's go ahead and start on offense. Now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start with the most improved player. This one, I don't want it to come across as bias, and I hope my explanation does it justice here. But Jalen Conyers, Arizona State tight end, is the one who's going to be receiving the most improved offensive player. He had 454 Total yards this season, one touchdown that did come in the Territorial Cup, and he was averaging 12.1 yards per reception. Now, 
as somebody who knows Jalen Conyers, okay, outside of just media, the mental progression, the mental toughness that I think we've seen from Jalen Conyers speaks volumes as to how he has integrated himself as a leader in that Arizona State locker room. Jalen Conyers is one of the best tight ends in the nation. His numbers don't necessarily say that, but if you watched Arizona State football, you'd know why. Okay, Jalen Conyers was asked to do a lot this season. He was asked to play tight end. He was asked to play quarterback. He was asked to run the read option. He was asked to potentially move to wide receiver. He was asked to do all of these things year one with a new offense, with a question mark at quarterback for the majority of the season, knowing that there were going to be defensive coordinators whose sole priority was to take Jalen Conyers away from whoever was starting at quarterback. And yet he managed to put together one hell of a season, battling through injury the entire season long, battling through illness uh, for a a couple games, couple practices. Jalen Conyers, the improvement that he's made, maybe not statistically from last season to this season, but again, the mental toughness, the drive, the idea to grow as a leader. Jalen Conyers grew ridiculously, I would say, from last season to this season. He deserves as much love for what he did for this Arizona State team, not just the offense, but the team, all season long. Now, let's go ahead and get to the biggest surprise. The biggest surprise of the Arizona State offense this season. Troy O'Meary. Troy O'Meary, a guy who really stepped up when Xavier Guillory went down with injury. Troy having 20 catches, 223 Receiving yards and three touchdowns, man. His third touchdown came in that, again, 2023 Territorial Cup. One hell of a grab. Dime. It was a just a crazy play, which, again, I think further illustrates just how much this team is rallying around this coaching staff. When you're losing by that much constantly, week in, week out, and you have the mental toughness, the effort to continue to step up. Troy is a wide receiver who came in with a ridiculous receiving core. Realistically, Xavier Guillory, Elijah Badger, Jalen Conyers, Melquan Stovall, Geo Standers. There's a lot of guys in that wide receiver room. And Troy was able to step up. There are people out there initially that were like, you know what? Troy can't play. Troy's just tall. Troy's your goal line guy. Troy, I think showed that he is more than just a red zone threat. And to me, he was seriously the biggest surprise. I didn't expect him to have the the type of season that he had on the perimeter this year. And I think he's grown as a wide receiver, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for Troy. Now, before we get to the most valuable player, let's go ahead and talk about some honorable mentions here. Okay, Sean Nah, freshman offensive tackle for Arizona State, getting plugged and pushed into that offensive line at tackle when Asaya Glass entered the transfer portal or when there was injuries up front all year long, dude, all year long. There was mix and matching the offense, changing coordinators at a certain point. And Sean uh, literally on a team plane at one point told that he was going to be starting at tackle. That takes a dog. That's a tough position to play, especially in this conference with the edge rushers, edge rushers that are here. And it makes them all the better. Absolutely. Those reps moving forward now for him, are going to be crucial. That that opportunity, that situation, Sean Na is going to be prepared to be a starting caliber offensive lineman for Arizona State starting as early as next year. And I think 
that says, again, a lot about Sean, but even more so about the type of player that Arizona State and Kenny Dillingham are going after this, this time around versus what coaching staffs in the previous seasons have gone after, whether that be in the transfer portal or recruitment. Now, Elijah Badger is another honorable mention here. I wish, I wish to God that I could have given multiple MVPs Elijah Badger, dude, this, he is Brandon Ayuk, he is Nikhil Harry, he is Jalen Strong, he is in Arizona State, Sun Devil through and through. He's a guy that 10 years from now, you talk about the 2022 season, the 2023 season, and you talk about stars, the way that we talk about the Jail Mary, or we talk about Nikhil Harry, or the way we talk about Brandon Ayuk. Elijah Badger is that guy. Now, Elijah Badger has the opportunity to return to Arizona State. Willie, I don't know. Can't blame him, though. If he opts to go somewhere else or if he opts to declare for the NFL draft. Elijah Badger is a Sun Devil through and through. It's a bummer he didn't get a play in that 2023 Territorial Cup. But I'll tell you what, he wanted to. Injuries suck, dude. Injuries suck. Elijah Badger is a Arizona State Sun Devil through and through. And just for shits and gigs, Elijah Badger's final totals on the season. Mind you, Arizona State, Jacob Conover played quarterback. Jaden Rashada played quarterback. Trenton Borgay played quarterback. Drew Pine played quarterback. Jalen Conyers played quarterback. Cam Scadaboo played quarterback. There were six potential quarterbacks out there for the Arizona State Sun Devils. And Elijah Badger, 65 receptions, 713 yards, three touchdowns, a long of 65, and averaged 11 yards per catch. Elijah Badger got screwed at the start of the season by not being named to any of the preseason Pac-12 rosters. Absolutely screwed. Elijah Badger is one of the best wide receivers that I have ever covered. Elijah Badger will play on Sundays. Covered Notre Dame. Elijah Badger would be a starting wide receiver for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And there is no doubt in my mind. I covered Florida State. I've seen LSU. I've seen UCF. Elijah Badger would start at all of those universities. And there is zero doubt in my mind that he would be one hell of a receiver and imagine what he could do when he's got a quarterback playing for an entire season that's why i think elijah badger would be so much damn fun to watch next season for the maroon and gold assuming they have themselves a quarterback that is able to play all 12 games but without further ado i don't think there's any anybody gonna have any issues with the most valuable player on the arizona state offense it is none other than cam scadaboo my goodness take a Bow, 1,069 total yards, 10 touchdowns, average 4.8 yards per carry. Cam Scadaboo was a running back, a quarterback, a punter. He caught passes out of the backfield. He was a hell of a pass blocker. Cam Scadaboo was the heartbeat of the Arizona State offense. And at a certain point, I think watching Cam Scadaboo is a big reason why people tuned into ASU football games. Because you're like, what crazy thing is this kid going to do next? Right? And every week he surprised you. Cam Scadaboo was the best punter on this team. I firmly believe that. Cam Scadaboo has a hell of an arm. Also, uh, Cam Scadaboo, I think, is the last player that I would want to have to tackle in the fourth quarter of a football game on this Arizona State football team. He's that damn good. Okay. Again, similar to Elijah Badger, the opportunity to get to watch him next year would be awesome. Cam Scadaboo, I don't know if he's going to be back. I have no idea. But he can. He can come back. And he can have all of the hype that 
Rashad White would have had when he came back, that Xavier Valade would have had if he had more eligibility to come back. He can go down as one of the best running backs at Arizona State in the last 20 years if he opts to come back. In this season, I tweeted it earlier, the 2023 season for Cameron Scadaboo will always be remembered by Arizona State fans for what he did for this team, for what he did for the hope of the program, and for the smiles that I think he put on a lot of younger Sun Devils' faces, getting the opportunity to watch him revolutionize the way just athletes play football here at Arizona State. Now, we're going to obviously get to the defensive awards here in a second, but while we're talking about revolutionizing positions, let's go ahead and talk about Desert Financial, who is revolutionizing retail banking. Guys, they are the official retail banking partner of Arizona State University. Now, if you're an Arizona sports fan, there is no better place to do your banking than Desert Financial Credit Union. It is the only place you could show your team spirit every time you make a purchase with exclusive debit cards, Brandon, with your favorite teams. Bring the boom and get fired up with the Arizona State University Visa debit card. And now is the time to show your ASU team spirit. Open a free checking account online and get $200 plus your choice of three Arizona State University Visa debit cards. Go to desertfinancial.com slash ASU to get started. David in the chat, Conyers has to come back. He can put up crazy numbers and really improve his draft stock. Kenny does his thing this offseason. I agree, man. I absolutely agree with you. Also, hi, David. Hi, David. We miss you. And we miss you. We do miss you, David. TBD, though, on returners. Uh, definitely follow PHNX underscore sign Follow me at Anthony underscore toe tree. Um, and we'll be sure to keep everybody updated all offseason long um, as far as the transfer portal is concerned, players entering, uh, players coming to ASU, and then recruitment as well early signing period i do believe is a little bit less than a month away so stay locked in for all of that now when you have desert financial credit union you've got your money in the right place and you're looking for a great place to spend it it is the holiday season so why not get some new flooring with empire today you get shop at home convenience the right product for your needs quick and professional installation and a price match guarantee Guys, Empire Today prides itself on their convenient shop at home service. They help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so they can see exactly what their new floors will look like in their homes, lighting and decor so they can make an informed decision. Okay, and they service their own warranties. So if an issue does arise, just call Empire. They service all warranties themselves, and you're not going to have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. Go ahead and schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use that promo code PHNX. Now restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. JJ in the chat, Zane Meeks. We're not going to be talking about Zane Meeks today, but we do have a post-game show on Wednesday for Arizona State basketball. So definitely come say hello there. Arizona State taking on Sam Houston. Uh, so we'll definitely keep you locked and loaded on all the Bobby Hurley Arizona State basketball news as the week goes on but transitioning over to the other side of the football for the Arizona State defense taking a look at some of those 2023 awards I do want to get to honorable mention this time before we go ahead and kick things off and I'm going to start with a guy playing defensive back opposite Roe Torrance for the entire season Ed Woods dude Ed Woods I don't think got enough love this year 33 total tackles four pass deflections an INT and two forced fumbles uh, Ed Woods was a guy I think coming into the year that was lost a little bit. 
Um, just in terms of maybe the media or in terms of the fans, everybody excited about the defensive backs for Torrance and Jordan Clark, rightfully so. Chris Edmonds, obviously. Uh, and then D Ford transferring over to Arizona State. Then not to mention all of the freshmen that you had. Ed Woods kind of got lost in the conversation, but he had as good of a fall camp as anybody. Earned that second cornerback spot. Did not disappoint. He could have easily been in the conversation for most improved player. Uh, and he actually was until I opted to, to change it for somebody else a little bit later this morning. Uh, but Ed Woods, again, deserves a lot of love for what he did for this Arizona State defense. I also want to give some love to Prince Dorba. Prince Dorba, who dealt with injuries a little bit later on in the season. This is a guy transferring over who, I, 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 with all of the pass rushers that this team had, I don't really know what the expectations going into the season were for a, a transfer edge guy. 30 total tackles, six sacks, tied for the most on the team. And I don't think anybody, I don't think a single person would have said that they thought Prince Dorba would have been leading the team in sacks for a good chunk of the year. And if he didn't deal with injuries, who knows? He may have, he, he may have actually topped that list. Prince Dorba, again, I think was one of the best, best transfers to Arizona State in this last transfer class. And if you are a potential transfer to Arizona State off the edge, look at Prince Dorba. Look at Clayton Smith. Look at the seasons they had, right? That's the way Brian Ward's going to use those guys. Going to go let you pin your ears back, get after the quarterback, set the edge, do your thing, right? Prince Dorba, one hell of a season, like I said, along with Ed Woods and then Tate Romney, another one I want to give some love to, um, kind of being pushed into that role. Didn't really know what the linebacker situation was going to be. You had Juju Mitchell get dismissed from the team uh, at the start of the year. Trey Brown obviously had a, a hell of a season, dealt with injuries himself. Will Schaefer entered the transfer portal. Tate Romney stepped up. I had somebody tell me this past weekend in terms of the linebacker situation, how many people... Oh, Will Schaefer should have started. Will Schaefer should have started. Oh, they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have booted Juju Mitchell. You turn on the tape with Tate Romney. Tate Romney gets it done, dude. Tate Romney could be the next Kyle Sully at Arizona State. And he's young. He's so young. He's got so much room to grow at that linebacker position, especially with A.J. Cooper as his position coach. I think the 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 ceiling is really how good this guy can be for this Arizona State defense moving forward. And next year, I'm excited to see the, the level of growth that he has. But without further ado, while we're talking about growth, the most improved player this past season for Arizona State, Chris Edmonds. 71 total tackles, six pass deflections, two fumble recoveries, and an INT for a guy who, in reality, Xavier Alford was supposed to be the opposite safety of Shamari Simmons. That's what it was supposed to be. But... The NCAA obviously didn't allow Xavier Alford to play this season. Chris Edmonds stepped up, a dude who people don't realize just how big this guy is. To have 71 tackles as a safety says a lot. This dude is not afraid to stuff the run. He's not afraid to be a part of that front seven in the box. The Pac-12 has some dogs at running back. They have some big guys. Chris Edmonds... Took care of business. And again, in coverage, the six pass deflections in the INT. Chris Edmonds was a giant bright spot in the secondary for a group that I know the Territorial Cup is the last image that Arizona State fans have in their mind, but all season long, Chris Edmonds stepped up. He grew as a player, right? And he's certainly going to be a loss for this Arizona State defense next season. But 
Moving forward to the biggest surprise. This one changed for me. I had a couple different players that I think could have been plugged and played here, but Deshaun Mallory, dude. Deshaun Mallory, the grad student, 48 total tackles, which, first off, 48 total tackles as an interior defensive lineman is a hard thing to accomplish, okay? That's not easy. Also, four pass deflections for a defensive tackle, that doesn't happen, okay? And then two sacks, his best game of the season, where he actually won bottle service on a PH Next Sun Devils postgame show, the UCLA game. The Sun Devils don't beat the Bruins at the Rose Bowl if it's not for a guy in Deshaun Mallory who in fourth and short situations, third and short situations, goal line situations, stepped up and he led a rather young defensive tackle room um, to, to, again, go out and be one of the biggest surprises. It's another player that I think this Arizona State defense is certainly going to miss next season. But the nice part about having a guy like Deshaun Mallory, the same way that ASU had Nesta Jade Silvera the year before, is they get a rub off on the younger guys. A guy in CJ Fight who I expect to have a pretty, pretty good season next year for the Maroon and Gold. And then, I don't think there's any doubt, the same way that there was no doubt with the offense, the most valuable player here is BJ Green, guys. BJ Green, absolutely the most valuable player for the Arizona State Sun Devils in the 2023 season. Look, BJ Green, 39 total tackles, six sacks, in a forced fumble. BJ Green is one of the scariest motherfuckers that I have ever seen in a college football stadium with the eye black on one eye covering just about the entire left side of his face. He is a menace to opposing offenses. And the fact that this dude had to earn a scholarship at Arizona State is crazy is crazy because the level of growth that he has had over the last couple seasons has been monstrous. And that's exactly what opposing tackles see when they line up against BJ Green. They see a monster, okay? They see a dude in maroon and gold who is different. He's he's just different, dude. He's fast. He can get off the edge with quickness. He's got the power to bull rush. And he's good in the run game, Okay. B.J. Green, another player that can continue to grow. Now, what he opts to do for the remainder of his collegiate career, if he wants to come back to ASU, if he wants to go somewhere else, or if he wants to declare for the draft, he could do any of it. Who knows? But regardless, B.J. Green, similar to other pass rushers in ASU history, I think Karan Crump, another one that goes down and is just a guy that you're like, you know what, he was he was a hell of a Sun Devil, and he's one of those guys that you just you love to watch. And I think that's what, again... The same way Cam Scadaboo was a big reason why people tuned in to watch AAC football games. BJ Green, a very similar bright spot for that Arizona State defense. But a bright spot in Tempe, a bright spot for us over here at PHNX is Burrito Express. I saw Shane was out there at Burrito Express today. We had Coach Evan B was at Burrito Express today. Guys, check it out if you haven't been. Burrito Express has locations all over the valley and it is so damn good plus they've got nil deals with some asu athletes so anytime you go to burrito express pick up a burrito you're supporting arizona state athletes as well go ahead grab a burrito and follow them on social at burrito exp bc in the chat go asu with the forks up emoji absolutely guys now just because the football season's over doesn't mean you can't still go support asu Right, You got the volleyball team. You got the hockey team. You got the basketball team, both men's and women's. Okay, There are a lot 
of ASU sporting events that you guys should be getting excited for and getting out to because the tickets are cheap and they're the cheapest over at game time. I actually just used game time the other day to buy a Christmas gift for my younger brother. The best part about it, I say it every time we talk about it, is the fact that you can get the tickets now and you can pay in payments. You can pay them later if it's something Hopefully he expensive. doesn't watch the show. You just spoiled the present. I didn't. Well, he doesn't know what the he he's not going to be watching the show, and he doesn't. There's no way he knows uh, what the tickets are for. There is zero shot. So also BC the chat. Win a college world series or something. Win anything. Hey man, I'm absolutely here for it. Like I said, here for game time, especially if you guys want to go out to an ASU sporting event or if you just want to get tickets to a show, uh, maybe a comedy show, a concert, whatever. Game time is the place for you guys. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Go ahead and download the game time app. Create an account and use that code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, Jacob, it is time for the final Pac-12 power rankings of the regular season. It's all over, okay? And I know there's people on social media that like these Pac-12 power rankings because they like to see where the Arizona Wildcats are. They like to see who's atop the conference now. And let's be real. This is the last time we've got Pac-12 power rankings for the 2023 football season before the bowl games get Going So, Jacob, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's Pac-12 Power Rankings. We have a new crown, okay? A new king atop the Pac-12 Power Rankings, the Oregon Ducks, okay? They're nine-and-a-half-point favorites over a top-five team in the Washington Huskies. That is crazy. That is wild. They're playing the best football the Pac-12 has seen in two seasons, hands down. Dan Lanning, the real deal. Bo Nix, the real deal. Bucky, the real deal. The Oregon Ducks should be the favorite easily to represent the Pac-12 in the college football playoff. They are a scary team. Now, Washington, they dropped to two. They had themselves a little bit of a dogfight in the Apple Cup with Washington State. They ended up coming out on top, but they're not nearly playing their best football the way that the Oregon Ducks and Bo Nix are. That is why they are two. And then here you go. The Arizona Wildcats, number three. I can't believe we're at this point. Jed Fish, Noah Fafita, they're cooking. They cooked all year long to a 9-3 season. They're third. It hurts, okay? I'm glad Saul's not here right now. The Arizona Wildcats are third in these Pac-12 pound rankings. And then you got Utah. You got Utah at four. They took care of business against a Colorado team that I've been laughing at pretty much all season long. Uh, They move up to the four spot. They got absolutely trounced by Arizona, which is why I can't put them any higher, but they do end the season at four. Then you got the Oregon State Beavers, man. This is a tough one. Uh, they've had themselves a hell of a two weeks because they ain't got a coach, though. Yeah, they don't. They don't got a coach. They don't got a conference. They don't got a whole hell of a lot in Corvallis right now. But Oregon State, they did have one heck of a season. DJ Uyunglele leading that offense. The defense um, was as good as advertised, and you know I feel bad. I do feel bad for these Oregon State fans because. I think you saw just how much a a top 25 season meant to them. You see how much college football means to them. And Jonathan Smith, you know, to his credit, he's going to get dragged through the mud for leaving the way he did for going to Michigan State. He built a program. He built a program from the ground up. And it is going to be a difficult task for whoever is there next and fills those shoes um, to try and carry the load of what Oregon State has done over the last couple of seasons. But... Moving along in the Pac-12 pound rankings. Coming in next, ladies and gentlemen, we go from Oregon State to Cal. Cal, 
I'm gonna give you your flowers, dude. This one hurts too, because all year long I've been saying about how much I didn't like Cal, how much the program would, but they did what they did, man. Cal took care of business. You go look at that last game of the season against UCLA. They beat the crap out of them, okay? The Cal Bears, props to them, similar to Oregon State, don't have a conference, or no, they're in the ACC, uh, but Cal. Jade Knott's a problem. He is. He is. He was a problem for Arizona State. He was a problem for everybody else. He's a problem else in this for conference. just about. He's a sophomore. He just ran for thirteen hundred yards and eleven touchdowns. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he entered the portal. Wouldn't be shocked if he entered the portal. To be honest with you. Hello, sir. <laughs> Hello. Have I talked to you about? Have you considered Arizona? <laughs> have State you lately? considered Arizona State? Hey, could be the second year in a row. Arizona State goes after a former Cal running back. Got the Carlos Brooks still on that roster. And he had a hell of a season when he was healthy. Uh, but yeah, Cal, uh, give them all the flowers, all the love, uh, finishing top six in these Pac-12 power rankings. You got Wazoo, man. Talk about a hell of a season. They're at number seven in the Pac-12 power rankings. They fought tooth and nail in that Apple Cup with Michael Penix Jr. and that Washington offense. Obviously didn't come out on top. They had a rocky season. At one point, they were in the AP Top 25. At another point, they had lost, I believe, three straight, three or four straight. Cam Ward is one hell of a quarterback. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't enough for them to be in the top six of these Pac-12 power rankings. They just had such a bad stretch of games, including that loss to Arizona State, uh, which ultimately ended their season in pretty ugly fashion. Moving on to number eight. This is weird. This is weird. Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins, um, they fall to number eight, obviously, after the ass-kicking that they took from Cal over the weekend. Chip Kelly and this UCLA team are in an interesting spot. Where do you go? Well... You move it in the Big Ten. Mm, do you have a quarterback? Maybe. Do you have the right coach? Maybe. But now you got to go play USC, Ohio State, Oregon, Washington, a new Michigan State team, on top of all of the other behemoths in the Big Ten. Good luck and good riddance to the UCLA Bruins as a part of the Pac-12. USC, the other LA stepchild. What a failure of a season for Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams Finishing the Pac-12 power rankings at number nine at one point in AP top 10 team. Falling to number nine in this conference after just not being able to play defense. It's crazy. You know what they say? Offense entertains, but defense wins championships. And Alex Grinch, at one point the defensive coordinator for USC, I don't think he knew that. I think he enjoyed living in his $4 million mansion in Los Angeles by the beach. Didn't really care too much about coaching the defense. It's a bummer, though. Real bummer. Uh, USC's defense on its way to the Big Ten to get absolutely embarrassed every single week. And hey, Lincoln, just a reminder, you can't take Caleb Williams with you anymore. He's probably headed to the league where he's going to make some money and probably be on an even worse defense than USC. So shout out the USC Trojans for finishing number nine in these Pac-12 power rankings. Moving on to, this one hurts even more, number 10. This is where you surprised me. Colorado finishing number 10. This is, I mean, technically, technically, Colorado, I believe, finished last in the conference um, because of their conference record. Their only win was against Arizona State. Uh, but I'm going to be real. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what Dion Coach Prime Sanders does in the offseason. They've lost a handful of recruits and commits already uh, based off of the way that they finished the season. Arizona State was their last win. They lost out after that. Not a good look. The offensive line is bad, like Dion said. There's going to be coaching changes. Shador's not going to be there forever. Dion's going to have to figure it out. 
if they're going to want to make any sort of room um, or any sort of jump into the AP Top 25 consistently or in these Pac-12 power rankings. Number 11, the Arizona State Sun Devils. Man, this one's tough. But in reality, with the injuries, with the uncertainty at quarterback, with the offensive coordinators switching from Bo Baldwin to Kenny Dillingham, the defense going from one of the hottest units in the Pac-12 to a group that gets embarrassed by Arizona, I think 11's where you got to put them. Seriously, it hurts, but I think Kenny Dillingham and the staff, they're going to be on the right track. They're going to get this team right. They're going to get this program right on its way to the Big Big 12. Um, but it's this season was obviously a, a tough first year for Dilly and the Devils. And then finally, rounding out these Pac-12 power rankings, the Stanford Cardinal. They're just always bad, dude. They're just always bad. I try and like... No, 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 no. no. They're, they're not always bad. They're always bad. They, they haven't been good since Christian McCaffrey was there. I was going to say, they used to be good. They haven't been good since Christian McCaffrey and Bryce Love were there. That's it. Okay? They are bad. You remember Bryce Love? You remember? Yeah. Yeah. I had to think about it. Dude was a yeah. dog. Dude was an absolute dog. But yeah, Stanford, look. What about again. Andrew Luck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Look, the Stanford Cardinal, uh, another team with a first-year head coach this past season. They're on their way to the ACC. <sighs> I don't know, dude. I don't know if if Stanford football is ever going to get back to, to relevance. Um, I'm sure at one point they'll be competitive, but I don't know in that conference with Clemson um, what they're going to really be able to do moving forward. North Carolina as well. So that is going to round out these Pac-12 power rankings. Guys, head to the comments. Let me know what you think of these final Pac-12 power rankings prior to bowl season that is going to do it for this monday edition of the phnx sun devil show if you enjoy the content guys hit that follow button go follow us at phnx underscore sun devils hit that like button on your way out as well like i said if you're listening on audio earlier leave that five star review say what's up on social media like i said Follow the show, PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow me, Anthony underscore Toji. You can follow DJ Jacob Franklin at Jacob underscore Franklin 4. And we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Same time, same place. Go Devils and peace.